Good morning, rock stars! From coast to coast, we give you a toast. As you join us for Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network. I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of the Benedictine Leadership Institute at Mount Marty University in Yankton, South Dakota, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother's Rutten. He's also responsible for all special effects. <laughs> I am Father John Rutten, responsible for keeping the twin humble, and I'm from St. John Paul II Parish in Harrisburg, South Dakota. And I'm Father Paul Rutten, pastor of St. Mary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How we doing, fellas? <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. What'd you think of my special? <laughs> <laughs> this is two months in a row that I, I knew it. And together we are Rutten Radio. Man. How you doing, brothers? <laughs> I thought maybe Easter. Oh. I thought maybe for Easter. God get... bless people that have to work with me. Yeah. Oh, if hey. you're out there listening and you work with me, just... Send a prayer to Father John and Father Paul once a month. They got to deal with this. <laughs> it's all right, though. Hey, I've I've uh, I've been I've been told that we've become much kinder to each other. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So all of you out there listening, know that uh, <laughs> we we are growing in our kindness yeah. to each other and our love for each other, and we were grateful to hear. I heard from two people actually. Wow. Um, oh my goodness, we're actually starting to like each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's not yeah. take it longer than an hour, yeah, let's though, keep all right? moving. <laughs> what are we up to? Father John, what you been doing? Well, I, it is a blessing to celebrate Holy Week as it is intended. Uh, yes. What a gift. Oh. Last year was the big uh, like letdown as we had all these things prepared, and then it's like, not doing those, right. uh, and started doing things online. And um, it was, uh, it, we still, there were beautiful moments to last year's um, Triduum and Easter, and we're going to start seeing those experiences again as we live, you know, this time, oh, it was one year. Oh, it was one yep. year. Oh, yep. it was one year ago. Um, so yeah, so it's been great. Love Holy Week. Yeah. Outstanding. Father Paul? Same thing. Holy Week. Uh, actually, this is the first time I get to experience Holy Week as it was supposed to be at my parish in St. Mary, because last year we didn't have Holy Week the way it was supposed right. to be. Right. So you're... So uh, it's a first for me. So I have to keep reminding myself that I actually haven't done, done all these things before. and just adjust. And, but it's good. Um Outstanding. Well, yeah, Holy Week for me was, uh, yeah, it's been great. I love Easter. Um, You know, I find that if I do Lent well, and if I end it well specifically with uh, the Triduum, that it really makes Easter like a whole different thing. Like as a seminarian, I was always deeply involved in the whole thing, right? Because you're serving the liturgies and, well, then you become a lay person and you don't necessarily do Holy Thursday, Good Friday, you know, the Holy Saturday. And so the better I am at doing those liturgies, especially Good Friday, love Good Friday, yep. Memento Mori. So all of the people at St. John Paul II Parish, I did not put my twin brother up to this. Why? We just have similar hearts, I guess. I just told them a few weeks ago, I said, okay, in 50 years, our parish is going to live in a particular way based on how we lived when we began. Right. I said, I want all of you to take seriously the Triduum. Right. It's amazing. Like, give yourself to the liturgy of the church and let it float. Like, let it right. just get in the boat and let's go. It's, it's really be... hard, I find, though, because we, we, I often just live the Easter, I often live the liturgical calendar only based upon my liturgies. So if I'm not doing my morning prayers or a liturgy of the hours, if I'm, if I don't, I don't, the rest of my day 
doesn't tell me it's Lent sure. or mm-hmm. Friday, maybe Friday yeah. when I'm giving up something or like, you know, I don't know. I just find that I am not very good about creating the the environment of of faith in the bigger picture of my days sure. and my weeks. That's my problem. So I go, once I leave church, it doesn't feel like right. Lent anymore. Yeah. It's interesting how we're reading this book from Christendom to the Apostolic Mission. It's kind of the thing is mm-hmm. the culture doesn't keep us reminding now we yep. need to personally, what do we do to, yeah, it's true. So that's where I'm at, trying yeah. to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, but well, with and, that- uh, and Just and as a note, so that you know that the priests are paying attention to, uh, I also became aware that sometimes the Triton was hard because if you have families, the liturgy times can often not be conducive to sleeping children or- yeah. Um, so, and I just said, well, that's, that's, a, that's an okay reason, but have you prayed about it? And have you thought about it? And it was a beautiful gift to celebrate these great days, uh, as a parish. And, you know, we keep kids up for some other things. Yeah. Um, so it's, sometimes it's just a preference, but you right. know, I so know I'll give a shout out to, I don't know your two daily mass schedules, but if you would love to have more working people at daily mass, having one that's not between eight and five yeah. is Essential because we can't attend the one look that's not forward to all of the families coming to mass at my parish on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We have always had five thirty. There you go, mass. and then they can take them and get a McDonald's afterward or something. I don't <laughs> yep, know. pizza, so chicken. All right, fellas, we got to move on. We got a big, big, big show big, today. Big, big, big. for the first half hour of Rutten Radio, the movie of the month is the passion of of the Christ. The Christ. Father Paul, can you (laughs) kick off our movie of the month? Is there any context or any, or is there any like, you know, like warning signs or. I think most people have seen it, but the, the movie depicts the final 12 hours of the life of Jesus of Nazareth on the day of his crucifixion. And it literally feels like 12 hours. (laughs) <laughs> well, it covers it's a little more than 12, movie. but, but it's, right. it's that that aspect right. of it. Uh, and so it is the crucifixion. So warning, uh, violence, you know, you have to deal with that. Right. Blood. So children, caution. What's your initial thoughts as you watched it again? How many times have you seen it, do you think? You know, that's a good question. I don't, um, I don't know. A handful for sure. Uh, it's just so powerful to watch. I just... Although I just close my eyes a lot. <laughs> I was always like closing my eyes through it. Like, I'm just going to listen because that's enough for it. Um, the cinematography is so amazing, though. Like, it just draws you in. So it's just powerful on many levels. Right, right. Father John? Well, I'm always surprised that something different strikes me when I watch this each time. Uh, and this time of watching it, I seemed less moved by the dramatic nature of things, and it seemed to uh, I seem to catch some underlying dynamics that maybe for the first time, the dramatic part of it, the overwhelming part of it sort of wasn't there so that I could see, oh my gosh, oh, watch how those things are connected. And I'll get into some of those when we Awesome, discuss. awesome. I uh, think I watch, I, I used to show it every year for uh, Ed O'Gorman as a high school teacher, I'd show it during Easter. Um, and so I haven't watched it in a number of years, actually. I found that watching The Chosen... That sure. that new series that's out about yep. Jesus gave me a whole new depth to experiencing this. 
it's almost like the chosen really humanized Jesus and it, and it gave me a whole new connection. And then all of a sudden there he is getting scourged. And I'm like, it just was experienced differently because I really liked how the chosen made Jesus like one of us. And Mm. then all of a sudden it's like, boom, now we get to the place where the chosen leaves off. But so anyway, I, I just love it. It's so powerful. Cinematography is great. And at one point, I almost cried. You know, you're just like it's yeah. so powerful. So, all right, well, let's jump into this. Let's let's kind of dig deeper, get into some insights and themes from uh, from the Passion of the Christ, the movie of the month that we have here. Father Paul, you want to kick us off with some of yeah, these deeper I, I, insights? Again, <clears throat> I think it's just well, in one sense you don't realize it can be exhausting to watch it. It just really captivates you and it pulls you in from the moment it starts in the garden. Uh, with Christ praying, and you just see his humanity. Um, and, and you can see, you know, knowing the story, you can see that he's preparing for what's coming. And so that whole, it, it's sort of like anytime we have to, like, even to the thing, like when you're going to get a shot and you think about it, and like you're, all of the pain, and it hasn't oh, even happened, yes. and the nurse mm. is like, it's okay. <laughs> I haven't done anything. But but he's also, and he knows what it's going to do to everyone he loves. And that, oh, man. that part of it as well, I think, when you realize that what you're about to do won't just impact you, but everyone that loves you and everyone that walks with you, um, this will impact their life. I never thought about the foreknowledge before. Like, knowing what's going to happen makes it 10 times worse, right? The yeah. journey back, oh, man, it is exhausting. That is for sure. Hits the nail on the head, Father Paul. It's like it's so intense that a couple of times I found myself having to relieve my jaws <laughs> yeah. and my fist yeah. and yeah. unclench. It's like being at the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cap him in. It's like yeah. sitting in the dentist. Okay. Cap him in yeah. up above you. And he just wants to chat. And you're just like, do you realize what you're doing? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, well, I think that's striking. I never really thought about him knowing the suffering that this is going to cause to everybody else that he's with and thinking in my own life about people you want something good for people mm-hmm. that you love. And then even, you know, you can kind of think of that as in like, Oh, the, the difficult people or those that are, you know, fallen or things, but like even the people that you love that you're close to and having the awareness of how this is going to cause them to suffer. And I, I it makes me think about when, it, you know, in ministry, you sort of want to be there with people. There's nothing like going to, you know, putting an event on and like everybody shows up and it just, we had a retreat the other couple of weeks ago for Lenten retreat. Father Scott Trainer came out and just did a knockdown, bang out drive uh, for prayer and we're all there and, you know, well, imagine nobody's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. It's not about numbers, right? It's about Christ reaching me, but imagine, you know, you know, you're like, well, he he is doing the thing of greatest love. He knows the suffering and that this is all going to cause everybody. And there's nobody else to help him. They're sleeping. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of, it puts it in yeah. a new perspective that not only are people going to suffer, but like the suffering of the fact that won't you stay with me? Right. Won't you journey with me? Like, where are you? Uh, you, you know, and we can just see in today's culture and age in little ways where people just don't show up. Where you, you're hoping someone shows up. So I don't know. That's a new insight for me. Yeah. And then the fact that he knows as well that they they need to be praying. 
Like, <laughs> and so too with your own people. Like, yeah, I can't do this for you. People. Right, right. Like I can't, I can't, I can pray for you, but I can't pray for you. Yeah. Like you've got to do this. And so, well, here we go. Let's try it again. Each person what, has to do that. Yeah, right. What yeah. are the things that I like just always trying to turn it back to myself? What are the things I need to be doing that I'm not doing? Yeah. Right. That I'm like, oh, speaking of doing things, uh, you guys got your rosaries on you? <laughs> yeah, it's a little early though. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, let's, like, don't change in the format. So, so, all right, let's get you back to He probably, he probably asked that suffering. because he's carrying his rosary now. <laughs> right. Actually, I don't have my rosary. I've got a um, St. Uh, Benedict's medal. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, uh, the suffering part of it and, and knowing the suffering that this is causing and going to cause and any, the helplessness. Yeah. That for me, I just was like, oh man, how do you just sit in front of all this? And then you do realize, right, this is a literal medical condition of uh, that he would go through where he'd perspire blood, right? right? That your capillaries in your forehead burst and sweat comes out, you know, blood comes out your, 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 your vessels there. It just is so intense to think about. And then in the small little ways... How do I experience things like that? How am I on the side of the disciples sleeping and not doing the things maybe that I ought to be doing? And then at different times as a leader, a husband or a father, where am I like Christ? And mm-hmm. and I've got to jump into his stead and, and participate in the manner of Christ with other people in my life. Um, there's a little bit of training there that I need. And then I, I need to be, uh, I need all help I can get. <laughs> That's all I got. So that yes, my you point. do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I thought we were being nice. <laughs> we are. Oh, yeah, that was nice. That was nice of him to say that. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Um, yeah. So I mean, again, I think it's just very evident um, that aspect of it as well. Uh, and then, really, the the whole thing that is so crucial and important is the idea, though, of redemption and redemptive suffering. All right. Uh, you know, and, and the the one thief says, why do you embrace your cross, you fool? Mm. Uh, you know, because when Christ gets his cross, he almost like kisses it. And he really has like this affection towards the cross. Mm. Uh, and and for me, it's like, mm, I don't know that I want mm. affection for the cross. I just want to figure out how to <laughs> carry it as far as I need to carry it and put it down when I'm done. Uh, why do you kiss the cross? Why, why do you embrace your cross, you fool? Mm. Yeah, it kind of reminds me like a Victor Frankel. He he does this um, this transformation of suffering. He takes suffering. You know, he's a Jew. He's not Christian, so he's Jewish, and he's a psychiatrist mm-hmm. during World War II. Uh, he's in Auschwitz concentration camp, and he discovers that um, it's precisely in the embrace of the suffering that the transformation occurs. And he tells this great story, you know, maybe this kind of applies in some way to our own lives, uh, but it really was an awakening for me. He's There's a lady dying in, in the camp in Auschwitz, and he encounters her and kind of talking to her as she's really getting ready to take her final breaths. And uh, she, she expresses gratitude for the camp. Like, this is Auschwitz. What do you mean you're grateful? <laughs> Wipe mm-hmm. that smile off your face. You're, you know, mm-hmm. And here she is dying, and he says, you know, what's the deal, basically? And she says, well, uh, I'm grateful because before this, I was selfish, and I never gave spiritual realities 
serious attention. Mm. And immediately it put me in front of a lot of people I've known in my life that have had real tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it has been a depth that I likely maybe never know. But I'm telling you, it has made them a whole different person. They have been transformed oftentimes unwillingly. But if they embraced the journey with Christ and the cross, if they embraced their cross, it didn't destroy them or consume them. It purified them and made them stronger. You know, I just think about lots of mothers that lose their children, like Mary did Jesus. And that in that place, if they can be attentive to the deeper reality, the spiritual reality, and to that place that says, wow, how can this make me a less selfish person? Why do, why does this move you so much, Paul? The movie? Yeah, this uh, the kissing of the cross and what Joe's talking about with the... Well, I think because we do live in a world where we we... We want to eliminate all suffering. <laughs> and so it really is this dynamic as a Christian, are we really willing to embrace the cross? Whatever cross we're given, uh, that Christ willingly embraced it and, and had an affection for it. And so too, just to be able to, even in my own life, to be able to look and to say, I, I think sometimes because it's this question of, is this really the cross that I'm supposed to carry? Or is this the cross that I've created for myself that's not mine to carry? But because I'm disorderly, disordered in my desires or passions, I'm actually carrying the wrong cross. You know, like there's all of those things uh, in the midst of all of that. Um, and it was just so, in my mind, in one sense, it was just so clear that they wanted this reality to, to be seen, like this affection for his cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I how, think how, John, but but I'm I'm like struck that this is not just words to you. Right. Well, I mean, I, I hope none of it's words. Right. <laughs> I, hope. I mean, you're you're deeply moved. Sure. Why would I mean? Shouldn't we all be moved? I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, 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 Father John, okay. let's go no, this no, way. No, 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 that's okay. Um, yeah, and maybe for me it's this question, maybe I haven't embraced the cross. Like, to that degree. And it's convicting me to be able to say, why won't you? You know, we do it for Good Friday. Uh, we we. You know, people think it's weird, but we kiss the cross. Now we won't this year because of COVID. Um, but again, people are like, why would you kiss the cross? Uh, yeah, so I, I guess for me, it is this question, really. Am, do I really embrace the cross or is it just something to get through? Great. So, yeah, maybe thanks. Maybe would, would you get, you'd be interested in what... When you say embrace the cross, what might you be talking about? What are circumstances? What are people's crosses? What do they look like? How do you experience them? You know, somebody's sitting in their car listening to us right now, and they're saying, oh, yeah, embrace the cross. And they're having John's experience. They're like, well, whatever. I'm not moved by Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, embrace the cross. Read that a hundred times in the Bible. Pick up your cross. Follow Jesus. What are the crosses that you're encouraging people to pick up? Mm -hmm. It's life. It's the fact that things don't go the way you want them to go, that things are difficult. 
that your children don't always turn out the way you want them to turn out, that your spouse isn't always the way they're supposed to be. Um, even for me, I think, again, an example, when I was asked to move, you know, mm. perfectly happy, As a parent, parent, perfectly pastor. happy where I was, no desire to move. And then I get this phone call at 547 on a Friday, <laughs> give or take a few seconds. <laughs> and again, will you move? Why? Why should I have to move? And then all of the litany of it, you know, so life and I think this this reality of being able to to see those hardships are part of salvation, you know. And I've discovered that I think from it's been part of my priesthood that I've really discovered that there has to be a freedom about my assignment. That the moment in which I think I am where I'm at because I've made it happen, or because I've been reluctant to to follow, it's going to be a disaster. And so I think for people to look at their life and to be able to say there's hardships, there's lots of hardships. And so how do I figure out, is that hardship really a gift from God or is it something I've made? You know, again, sometimes we're carrying someone else's cross, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, you got to put that down. <laughs> That's not yours to carry. Mm-hmm. You know? It's so hard though. It is so hard, like as a father or husband mm-hmm. to watch your spouse or your children uh, see their crosses, you know, maybe not see their crosses, uh, try and carry their cross. You know, it's even like chores. Sometimes I want to do the chore for them. Yeah. And I think that movement is applies right here. Sometimes I want to pick up their cross and carry it for them. And I don't know that that's healthy for them. I know it's not healthy for me, to, but it's hard to sit in front of. To know, to know uh, that's a great question. And I think you offer a very provoking response, Father Paul. Uh, I think as a, as a sign for me as always, where am I disturbed by something? That's a place the cross sure. can be started. You can start discerning yep. the cross when you say, where am I disturbed by something? Like I'm not surrendering something. and Or in front of something that's happening, I don't have hope. Because embracing the cross ultimately isn't just embracing a difficulty it's living in front of this suffering with hope right uh because i know that god has a plan here and i may have to reach way back into my experience to find a moment you know be (laughs) like well and this is why i say it oftentimes you know if i can be sober today like i don't say that so that everybody knows i'm sober i say that so that i can be put in front of something that can give me hope in front of what I'm in front of right now. Right, right. You know, if God can remove from me the desire to drink, what I'm in front of right now, <laughs> we're going to be okay, folks, you know. Right. But but I don't come to that point until I'm like wrapped up, twist around, heads going, <laughs> four nights without sleep, and then I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, where's the cross? Okay, what is it I'm being asked to surrender? What is it I have to accept that seems suffering or wounding or not what I want or for somebody else is? And then in that, do I believe God loves me? Do I believe there's a plan here? Uh, So I think at the end of surrendering is actually the presence of God. Surrender isn't the end. Right at the bottom of surrender is his presence. And so if you only halfway surrender, 
Right. You don't get to the joy, right. the sweetness of why we understand redemptive suffering. You got to really give it over. But even that, you can't just be like, okay, today I'm going to give it all over. <laughs> no. Reality will do it. <laughs> but if we continually allow ourselves to be taken by it, we can grow. And I would say I've grown in a place where a little bit of it is sometimes I have to surrender what comes to me by electronic communication today because I live in a world in which I feel like if I'm va- I'm valued if everybody gets responded to. Oh, sure. And I've, I've found myself realizing, no, embrace this. There's a cross here for me. Embrace this cross. That person's salvation is not me. Sure. And it's not efficiency. And it's not me getting what they need right now. I have to just surrender. And then what do I find? I'm like, oh, now I can be present to what's in front of me. <laughs> right. And then he may not have me answer that person's need, but he has me answer somebody else's need in a way that is more. Um, so I think in little ways too, we can mm-hmm. experience this. It's not just a big um, way, but I have to say, oh, that person, God will provide. And then what happens a lot of times, God provides for them in a more beautiful way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I didn't give them an answer. <laughs> I'm so glad I let them stumble. I'm so right, glad I let right. them fall. It's a, there's a Coptic monk. He's actually an Australian. You can check him out on YouTube, but he lives in St. Anthony's cave. And he he's amazing to listen to. But one of the things he talks about is the sweetness of suffering. And you said it right there. I'm like, oh, that's fu- that's what he's talking about. That at the bottom of this thing, there's a nectar. There's a sweetness of light. But it's because you encounter Christ. Right. You encounter the presence. And you, you, you can't get it half. <laughs> yeah. And that's the pro- Like we want. Yeah. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Well, what helps? What helps you guys do that? Well, we, maybe, we've got maybe a minute we can go into it. Right? Yeah. One minute. Yeah. First half hour, the passion of the Christ. Thanks to all our listeners out there. The this is Rutten Radio, and it, The Passion of the Christ is our movie of the month, and we didn't get out of the garden. The first scene. <laughs> well, we got a little out, but we didn't get very far. Oh, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Well, fellas, we just got a few minutes left, or a few seconds left here, so why don't we transition into the break? When we come back, we'll pick up our conversation here on Rutten Radio. Thanks to all of our sponsors. And to those out there listening, we just encourage you to embrace your cross, kiss your cross. And at the end of it, there's only all or nothing, right? Right. But if you do it all, you'll encounter the presence of Christ. And if you only do half, ah, something will happen tomorrow. And you'll have to to give up the other half, so don't worry. (laughs) We'll catch you on the flip side of this short break. And we're back with Rutten Radio on the Real Presence Network, your local and regional and national and global Catholic media network for all things awesome. You can catch us on Facebook, Rutten Radio, or the Real Presence page, or you can download all of these on um, on either Spotify or podcast Apple, iTunes, whatever your whatever app. your podcasting app is, you Stitcher. can find Stitcher. You Stitcher. can find us there. Yep. <laughs> Rotten Radio, baby, and you can yeah. go back and listen to all, all the wonderful. Thanks to episodes. Father John. Thanks to Father John. He loves to get attention and recognition for his no, hard work. <laughs> no, he doesn't. But we like to give it to him. Well, fellas, we uh, in the second half hour like to do uh, kick things off here with some shout outs. So, do you got any shout outs? Yeah, shout out to Sheila Grable. Yeah, Sheila, she's. I didn't know until just now that we actually have mutual connections. So uh, (laughs) when it came time, I'm like, Sheila Grable, 
where that's how uh, she was listening to the Facebook rosary and heard we were had a position open, and then our Josie Bob's connected to her, and it's like how God does these things. Uh, yep. So well, shout out to Sheila. If shout out to Joss. If you Josie. didn't know it, this happens to me everywhere I go. Oh, I got a connection to. Oh, you know Father John too. Oh, you know <laughs> Father Paul too. Oh, great. Oh, great. Uh, awesome. Shout outs, Father Paul. You got anything? Yeah, I'm going to do this shout out. I just decided to the two guys that I met the other night that were your students. Quaid, oh, Quade and Calvin. I don't Quaid know their last names. I just know as Quade and Calvin. What's so, up, fellas? So if you're listening, Quade and Calvin, thanks for a great <laughs> conversation the other night. I love it. Well, I'm going to give Joke. a shout out to Chrissy Sampson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chrissy Johnson. So we love Chrissy. And to Sister Terry Lafferty, one of my colleagues at Mount Marty, she hit me over the head with. Uh, what I call a velvet hammer. Oh, yeah. Right? Those Every time, you know, Joe needs to be, you know, kind of woke up a little bit. And I said to her, thanks, sister, for getting me with the velvet hammer. And she said, Joe, it was a sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was like, yeah, I, I, I got the point. Right. got the point. But it had velvet on it. So outstanding. Second half hour of uh, Rutten Radio here. The theme for the second half hour. Wait. Ooh, Father Paul, what do you have? What? Oh, what is that? What so is something this? that we didn't do was we didn't rate the movie. But last <laughs> month when we rated our movie, um, I was having anxiety because, again, things that my brothers do is spur of the moment. They don't think about what it. What is so one of my parishioners was listening to us rate the movie and he noticed something that I noticed that we actually didn't figure out what the average was. Oh, <laughs> I listened to it. I actually figured, I realized so, that. What is this? An entire book about Rutten Radio arithmetic. Oh, in, my In prose fashion. In prose fashion. This is amazing. With a great story about John, Father John scores the movie. This movie made me jump and laugh. In heads, I scored it two and a half. Father <laughs> Paul scores the movie. I did not think that it much fun. That's why I scored it only one. Oh my God. Professor Rotten scores the movie. My priestly brothers scored this movie with a prudence, both pious and groovy. But now they get the other shoe. Do like me and score a two. Oh. And then he created a whole chart on how to come up with the average <laughs> oh when you have the numbers. So since we had a one and a two and a two and a half, it should be a 1.83. <laughs> <laughs> we much. didn't get to that because I couldn't divide in my head our number by three in uh, my head. So now we have a nice book <laughs> Great. for us. You can look at it later. That this is amazing. Is can you funny. admit who the parishioners? I'm not going to say. We do have to I rate could, the but movie, I'm not though. Say. So here we go. Three. Three. Oh. Two and a half. <laughs> you wanted to rate it three. You just want to have to use chart. the book. I want to put the chart to use. Oh, yeah. Why well, don't say <laughs> oh, Please no, tell me. 2.5. Oh, it doesn't work. Three? <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. No. Uh-oh. No. I'm telling no. you, folks out there listening, three. right now, Father Paul literally oh. has this... This three. chart, this mathematically what? genius chart. It doesn't have three, three, two point five. <laughs> Does it have three, three, two point <laughs> two five? Two point five, 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 three. Um, 
2.83. Are you texting oh this God. person and telling no, them? I just, okay, we can move on. Okay. Anyways, you awesome. can look at it later. All right. Well, I'll expect hey, the book we next put, month. We got to put that on Facebook. 3.3. Oh, we got to put Everybody, we'll put, we'll put uh, <laughs> copies. It's an oh, awesome book. Yeah, it's You should see what it's, this person it, it, did. Phenomenal. Yeah, there's a lot of work in this. Oh, I need gosh. to talk to that person. Yeah. That is great. Anyways, so. All right. Well, here we go. The theme. Uh, the theme. Resurrection. <laughs> Resurrection. Because we are Ooh, an Easter baby. people. Right? We've heard that before. Um, we are an Easter people. But again, I, I think sometimes... Like you said earlier, Father John, we say that we're an Easter people. Uh, we're people of the resurrection, but we don't really live it, I don't think. Right? Like this is the real challenge, I think, is the resurrection of Jesus Christ really changed everything and everyone who accepted this, who experienced it. Uh, and and what it really, I think, in a sense, what it does for me is it changes my disposition. Hmm. And I think it goes back to that thing you talked about with the cross, that if there's not hope, and the resurrection gives me hope, and so it's in that resurrection that I can I can see something different in my circumstance, uh, and I live differently before it. So my sin, I live differently before my sin then. Uh, not that it's okay that I sin, not that I'm fine with my sin, uh, but instead of beating myself up because I sin or I fall, um, I, I look at it with, a, a one might say, a tenderness uh, towards it because we see how Christ treated Peter, how Christ treated Mary Magdalene, how Christ treated all of those things, um, you know, and there were still wounds left in Christ. You know, like we know that. So it doesn't mean that everything is good. But we, he doesn't have all of the scars, but he does have some of the remnants of the crucifixion. And so that reality that um, it doesn't always go away, everything, mm-hmm. but there is things that are still there by God's grace. There's a quote from, it's actually Fran, in Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, which, John, I don't think you've read that. Like that, that ought to be primary on your list as a human being. It has fallen into that category of books that I have heard multiple times, and so I order them immediately on Amazon, and they arrive into my house. And, and they sit they on the shelf? You have on, it sitting on your shelf? They are sitting on a stack wow, of that's really amazing books that should be read. That's beautiful. Uh, so in there, he quotes... Um, uh, anyway, uh, the quote is this. Those who have a why can bear almost any how. And it comes from, you know, one of the Russian ag- agnostics or something. Um, those who have a why can bear almost any how. And so it's this hope, right? What the why gives them is the hope they need to overcome the suffering. And this is the cross, right? right? The cross is our suffering. The resurrection is our why. And this is a time-tested question. Like, this is the great question of humanity. What happens after death? All of human civilizations have an answer to this in the context of a religious practice to some degree. What happens when this thing's over? And it's the resurrection is what is the key that like unlocks the the mystery of death. It's like, here you go, folks. We got we figured it out. The fact isn't like Good Friday that he dies isn't what they all go crazy about. It's the fact that on Sunday when they show up, his body's gone. 
That's the magic. That's the, that's the miracle. That's the place in which all of a sudden there's an Easter. Alleluia. He did it. He's for all human history. He figured it out. He overcame. And if he can, because he became one of us, we too now have a path. But you have to pick up the cross. I don't like the cross, though. You know, going back to last half hour's conversation. Yeah, the mystery of the resurrection. I don't know. You know, this why, though. What is our why that gets us through the how? And those whys or those those sufferings can be difficult, right? I mean, they can be pretty brutal. Um, but again, if I know that the goal is eternal life, then it's worth it. And again, so the resurrection opens the gates of paradise. It, it doesn't open the gate of eternal life on earth. It opens actually my ultimate destination, which is heaven as well. And so there is also this, this reality that we're not made for, for here or made for another world. And, and so how do we also keep our eyes focused on that ultimate goal? Yeah, because isn't this the transforming effect of the resurrection uh, is my awareness of the life to come and this experience that really it's the abundance, this hundredfold that comes through the gift of the spirit to me, then what happens is I live here differently. Right. I don't need all the things. I mean, if you don't right. have your, right. if you don't have a confidence that something beyond is what you're really made for. And if you don't have a confidence that something present to you right now is filling you, then that's why we need money right, and power, right. which is in wealth and fame. And crap. We, 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 that's why we're worried about all of the things in our lives. And, and because we feel like we have to redeem everything for now. Right. We become frenetic yes. or depressed or and a so, whole host yeah. of different And even I've been, I've been thinking just about stuff you know, like wearing stuff out, you know, or like, what, why, what is it that makes me need, need to buy something new? You know, sure. my car broke down up in Northern Minnesota because I put diesel gasoline into my Ford Fusion. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Do we want to go here? No. <laughs> I, I, we, I, it, it would take way too long. Go to my Facebook page, John Leo Rutten, and you can go look up the story. Uh, you know, so then I'm immediately thinking, I need a new car. And, oh, great, I can get a new car because I don't have mm -hmm. a four-wheel drive. And I'm out in Harrisburg. And like, and I'm thinking, why do I feel like I need all this stuff? Right. You know, and then I have this pile of stuff that I, that I accumulate that I'm going to take to the Goodwill or to the St. Vincent de Paul. Mm -hmm. And it's like, like, I have this pile. Then I just go get more stuff. And, like, do I really need stuff? Right. Well, all of that can be just a Marie Kondo kind of mentality. I need to just simplify so I have peace. Or it can be, I know the peace of Jesus Christ. I know the peace of my life. And I know I'm not made for here. So I'd be less, I don't need, I don't, I don't need Who? That. Isn't it Marie Kondo? Is yeah, the, the, yeah, the, what makes me happy or whatever. Oh, you know, go, like simplify wife. everything sure and, yeah. and, or I don't know. Right. But so anyway. It gives me joy. It sparks joy or something. Yeah. And, oh, and those I things are true in a this is the human... person that folds or clothes a yeah. certain yeah. way. And now yep. my wife, yes, yeah. I know her. who you're talking about. And those about. things are can be true in a human <laughs> right. way. Right. But they don't redeem my life in Correct. the way that the resurrection does because I realize, oh my gosh, I'm not even made for here. Uh, G.K. Chesterton has a great quote and he says, uh, um, all of the, I'm going to have this kind of summarized. All of the psychologists told me that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I still felt depressed. But then I, then I heard that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. 
And suddenly my soul began to sing like a bird in the spring. When we think this world is where we're supposed to be, you will end up in depression. Mm -hmm. But when you realize you are made for a different place, that is an Easter people. Right. And now the question becomes, how do we get there? For all human history, people have been trying to figure this out. I mean, this is why the Egyptians built, built pyramids. They were burial tombs for the pharaohs mm -hmm. so that the pharaohs could transition to the afterlife, to the divine realm with the gods. And by the way, they figured that everything they'd need on this earth, they'd need there too. So they killed their servants and slaves and their cupbearers and their horses and their animals. And they, they're buried their chariots and everything with them. Yeah. You know, the Greeks, the Greeks have the river sticks that there's this river and in Sharon, the boat ferryman, you have to pay him two pence to get across the river to the yeah. afterlife. And the Romans have theirs and, and Christ comes and says, I have the answer to everlasting life. I am the way the truth, and the life. Ponce de Leon discovers La Florida, the land of flowers. One of the things they're looking for is the fountain of youth. Christ is the only fountain that gives us an answer and provides us the water to everlasting life, the passage to eternal salvation. And this is the beauty of it is we have him. He's right there. My problem is, though, is making it like a real encounter and not just an ethical practice or like do this, 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 and then I'm good. Like control. I feel like somehow I'm still controlling this thing. The reality of how do we operationalize the resurrection? Like, what? We're Easter people. Well, great. You're an Easter. What does that mean? How does it live? How do you live that in a way where you do? encounter the resurrection, not as something that simply happens at death, but does change how you live the moment now. You meet someone who awakens you to that reality as true for you. And then you begin to share your life with them. Give me an example. Uh, when I sobered up, I met people that began to how I they lived something different than I was living. I'd hear them talk and I'd be like, well, you're kind of like me, but something's different about you. You've kind of like uh, people that had hope. Like right. they had real hope in front of, they weren't just talking about it. They had real peace in front of circumstances that were treacherous. Yeah. They'd be like, I remember one time uh, a friend of mine who thought I was going to go out and drink again um, said to me, hey, you know, you're always welcome. Give me a buzz. If I see you at church, don't feel bad. When I look back on that moment, I think, how did he have such confidence and hope to let me walk away thinking this guy's probably going to start to go drinking again after three months of being sober? He had hope. Mm -hmm. He had something different. And then share life with them. How do you live this way? What is it you do to receive this? Where is it that you go? It's uh, you go, you go, uh, you know, in a sense, live at their doorstep and like begin to look at how they look at things and don't impose yourself on them. Try and look at the way they're looking. And so you end up becoming two people looking in the same direction. Hmm. Sounds like the road to Emmaus. 
And then what do you discover? The presence that's among you, the presence that attracted you through this person is Jesus. It's Jesus. He's here. The incarnation isn't just that he's uh, in the priest and just that he's in the sacrament and just that he's in the Bible. The incarnation means he's in flesh. Your eyes. Maybe he's even among us. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's why we're changing. Since you guys stop picking on me. Right. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why we're changing. This, I think, sure. radio maybe is a great example. Yeah. We've met something and we followed it. We give our lives to it. Paul, yep. what do you think? Yeah. No, I, I agree. As, I agree as well. Um, yeah. And this is the challenge, I think, for us as modern Christians is we don't know how to share our life with people. <laughs> like we don't, our, 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 we can share life, but we don't share our Christian life. So we have people over to our house for supper, but never do we ever really, not that we don't talk about God, that we need to talk about God, but never do we speak or think or act as an Easter people, you mm -hmm. know? And so we just sort of, I don't know, it, that, that ability to share life. And I, and so I just, I guess for me as a pastor, I keep trying to think of ways in which we can open ourselves up more to share life with people and make people feel welcome to be, you know, a part of the life that we live. Um, and then to reflect, where is Christ working or how is Christ a part of my life? Or, you know, it's also important to realize that it wasn't enough. The resurrection wasn't enough, right? So they they saw him and they still went in their house and locked the doors, <laughs> You know, so there is this still this mystery as well. Right. It's not just that he rose from the dead. So there's there's steps in the whole process. Then there's they waited for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So then the Holy Spirit came down upon them, and then they had the courage to go back. Right, out. that's and what so, I'm talking about. So there is a, there is a, a mystery to how it all sort of unfolds. For some people, it's one moment in their life is forever changed. Right. Uh, you know, for other people, it's. You know, three months of sobriety, and then they drink some again. And then a couple more months of sobriety. Like, that's the mystery of it, right? Like, even if you would have gone back to drinking, he would have still been your friend. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't just conditioned on as long as you do the right thing. And I think this is also a challenge for us as, as Christians is how do we, how do we keep moving forward uh, even if someone else has stopped following? Yeah, yeah. I heard a great story from someone whose uh, family member had left the practice of the faith and they called this priest and was like, what can I do? You know, he said, well, we'll be here when they come back. Yeah. Like they were distraught. Mm -hmm. Their family member is going down to terror. And he's like, we'll be here. We'll yep. be here when they come back. That's what I mean by a different people. I want to know who this guy is that right. lives that way. <laughs> that in front, you know, when somebody calls me, like, what can we do? I'm like, oh my gosh, what books do I have? What do we, how do I, what, what do we answer? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, oh, we'll be, we'll be here, right? You aren't going anywhere, are you? Well, you and I, let's wait. Let's just keep following him. Let's follow Jesus. And I'll bet they show back up again. Yeah. And how do we have hope? Because if I know that they met him, in some fashion. Now, if they have met him, then they're going to have to meet him. And then I start praying, praying, people. I got to remember, praying, Father John, pray, pray. Jesus, every morning, Jesus, I need to see you today. I want to see you today. That's I want to see you today. And it doesn't have to be a, like bottom of the barrel, right. top of the mountaintop thing. It can just be the simplest growth that I'm aware. He's present here. Like, and how do I know? Well, as I take the journey, I begin to pay attention to the effects 
the signs. And isn't that what you say? What's the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Joy, peace, Peace, patience, goodness, kindness. Oh, wait. Kindness. That's what they've said they noticed on the radio. That's what's going on up in this crib. (laughs) Baby. We we got Jesus up in here. (laughs) Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Just raining down, baby. (laughs) Kindness, peace, love. We might actually start hanging out with each other outside of Rotten we do, Radio. We, we do have to wait for the miraculous moment of self-control. <laughs> <laughs> so far, our show outline shows only one of the three of us have that ability. So no, 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 over no. on my side of the table, I have the 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 board that shows the volume controls of who's speaking when from what speaker. So it has speaker A, B, and C. You're, yep. you're C, I'm A, and Paul is B. And I can look at this and I can be like, oh, man, John and I talk a lot. <laughs> no, I talk so temperance. Temperance. I talk. I talk. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't think we can. I don't think we can. I'm getting better. What, what is. Well, this is a great. So this is a great moment. Just two seconds. Okay. Isn't this a great example of the world? We could like try and orchestrate. Okay. How can we speak in an so equal we, way, right. or how can we not this or that? But the truth of the matter is, the only thing we need to know is that the Spirit is changing us. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter who's... You know, yep. Isn't it you, something, no, You're though? absolutely right. You're abs- yeah, it's awesome. All right. And when you're free, then you can say that. You can be like, okay. Freedom! Okay, Paul's yeah, ready. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, you can always say that, right? I do think that it's important as well that people pray for the grace to see, mm. like you said, to see mm. Christ. But to, to really realize that I could miss him, like I like it's easy to not make the connections. It's easy to sort mm-hmm. of, you know. And so I do think for people who are struggling, maybe they feel like Christ isn't at work or things aren't going. To really just pray, Lord, give me the grace to really not just see but sense that this was you in that moment, mm. uh, because sometimes it's so ordinary that mm-hmm. that we don't like. We're well, the road like, to Emmaus, they don't. Stop and say, wait a minute. Well, it was when he broke the bread. Until he breaks the bread. Right. Then they look back. But even then, there's the moment. So how many times you run into somebody at, at a store, you you know, or even like Quaid and Kelvin, you know, I become more and more aware of that reality that that's not an accident that we mm-hmm. were sitting there. Now, what happens with that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't feel the anxiety though. Like I have to be free to say, well, whatever happens, happens. Um, but from their perspective... They might just be like, oh, that was nice that we saw Father Paul, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or they might be like, oh, I wonder if that was God trying to say something to me. Right. Mm. And it might even be an awakening they have later on. Right. And I think this is the challenge for a lot of people is it's always, it's just so ordinary mm-hmm. that they don't take the time or nobody stops to help them really see that that was really profound, you know? Uh-huh. Right, right. So maybe part of the help that we can be to each other is is to transition from like trying to prevent things from happening to people, but to really be pointers and help like point out to people. And you don't have to do it by telling them, but by asking questions. Right. I don't know, Paul, what's happening to you, but what's happening? Sure. Like right. uh, being a pointer to say, I see something here. What's this mean? Um, is, and I is think one this way is we what can help Francis each other. is saying when he talks about accompaniment, <laughs> you know, walk with people. You know, walk with people, like accompany them. Don't just dictate or, you know. All right. So, but it's hard again. And Dr. Bergwald always says that because Christ walked with them (laughs) the wrong way. 
on the Maus. Oh, like they were symbolically away from, away from Jerusalem is the wrong direction. So that hard thing is, is right. We don't want to accompany people going the wrong way. We want to tell you can't go this way, and we mm -hmm. stop them. You know, and so how do we let them walk? Again, he was willing to let you go. Oof. You know, that freedom to let them walk. All right, I got. So I got some. But, thinking and meditating and praying to do now. <laughs> and, and, that's, we, and that's also, I think, one right. of the things is we have to take time to reflect on our life. Right, right. An unexamined life. Yeah. Isn't worth living. Socrates, Frederick Nietzsche is my earlier quote that I forgot. Uh, and as we wrap up here, this a magnificent month, uh, this Easter season of the Passion of the Christ, we always close with... Rutten Radio, or with... Uh, we need uh, to tell everybody what oh, the next the movie, movie of the is. month. What is the next, the movie, next movie of the movie month? Of the month. This is going to be exciting, people. Father Paul, it is... Uncle Buck. Uncle <laughs> Buck, Yay! baby. Uh, okay, Uncle now Buck. Now we got to pray. Let us end with the family prayer. Our Father, Father we, we thank, thank you for your love and for your, for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state and life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here on Rutten Radio. Join us next month for the movie of the month, John Candy in Uncle, Uncle Buck. Buck. And Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>